Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we get revenge against a sociopathic roommate. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, handicapped spaces are about accessibility, not convenience. Many years ago, my daughter has been fussy all day long. My wife was ready to pull her own hair out, therefore I took my daughter with me to the store. She was very young and pretty with the cutest little purple wheelchair secondary to spina bifida. We get to the store, unload her wheelchair from the Chevy Suburban, she climbs down into said chair and off we go. After shopping is done, we're back at the Suburban reversing the process to load her up and stow the chair. As I'm loading said chair, dude pulls up next to me in a new Corvette still with paper tags on it. Convertible containing dude and his trophy or significant other. I casually mention that he's pulled into a row of handicap spaces without a handicap tag or a placard. He says, yeah, I know, and saunters off to shop with his significant other. Well, I'm a little pissed at this moment, but don't want to do damage to such a beautiful car. Then an evil thought enters my brain. I go to the cart storage just in front of where we're parked. I put carts in a loose formation around his car. Security guard comes out, but just watches. An off-duty city cop also comes out, but also just watches. I proceed to put several layers of carts, tightly packed together, 360 degrees around his car. I approach the guard and the city cop and explain that the dude was using handicapped spaces for convenience, not due to an accessibility problem. I point out that no carts are touching his car, so no damage, but that he sure as heck has an accessibility problem now. They both crack up laughing at this point. The cop says that he hopes the guy complains because he'll write a ticket to the dude. I laughed quite a bit over this and quite frankly still do every now and then. I think I wonder what most people would probably wonder which is if the cop says if he complains he'll write a ticket, why don't they just already write a ticket anyways? Apparently OP clarified in Texas on private property they couldn't write one unless the property owner or manager called or the person actually engaged the officer, which seems really weird to me. I think the cops should just be able to do their job regardless. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, screw me? No, screw you. I live in a very landlord-friendly area, Miami, where rent is beyond ridiculous and practices are shady. The last place we lived was a small two-in-one duplex. Lived there for over four years before the landlord got greedy and decided he wanted to raise our rent by an additional $700 a month. We had been having issues with the place falling apart for the last two years and nothing being done about it. By law, he needed to give us a written notice of the increase 30 days prior to it going into effect and told him so. Don't hear anything back from him. Instead, he immediately filed an eviction for non-payment as we were not adding the extra money. We didn't even know he had filed it against us until almost two months later since he never posted anything like a notice to us and stopped answering us back. He even closed his bank account that we sent rent payments to, tried to fight it, paid the rent directly to the court in the end but had to be out of there. 
Judge didn't even let us speak. Not only did we lose our three-month deposit, we lost everything paid to the courts as well. It was a rough two weeks scrambling to find a place to live and come up with a new deposit. We ended up finding an amazing new place. So happy ending for us, but I'm angry. I didn't need the added stress in my life. This is when I come to find out this duplex is all under illegal construction. No permits. Shared utilities, a big no-no. Other massive illegal jobs done incorrectly on the property. So I decided to contact the county. Filed a report. Forgot about it. Weeks later, we hear that a county inspector showed up and has now fined him thousands of dollars. And he will be continued to be fined daily until everything is fixed. He can't even sell the place until it's done. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I'm just interested in finding out how OP found out that all of this was in violation with no permits. Did OP scour to just find whatever they could possibly find about this place? Maybe OP has knowledge of what kind of permits and stuff you need and just check to see if they were there. Our next story is Petty Corporate Email. At work, there are currently four of us that do the same job, all on different shifts. One girl sends an excessive amount of emails. It's become a topic of conversation with everyone else that works in our office, and we're all sick of getting her emails. People have talked about asking her supervisor to limit how many she can send a day. The rest of us can go days without needing to send an email. She routinely sends more than five a day. Generally, her emails are clarifying things that she would know if she had paid attention earlier, or complaining about someone not doing the most minuscule part of our job. It's important to note that she's on second shift, so she has an abundance of free time that those on day shift don't have. She also likes to include far too many people on these emails. She includes managers, supervisors, people from other shifts, people who have absolutely nothing to do with the situation. So a while back, she sent an email to the three other people who do our job, two managers, a supervisor, and a person from a different department just to say that another employee on my shift forgot to do something. The thing is that people on her shift constantly forget the same thing, and I have to spend the first 20 minutes of my day unscrewing things they screwed up. I always just fix it myself and leave her a post so she can tell the employee. This particular day, I was beyond done with her, so I hit reply all to her email and listed the five or six things that got screwed up or forgotten on her shift the night before. She never replied. In a way, although she is hyper annoying, I don't really blame her for doing what she did, just because it seems like her way of trying to make sure that she doesn't do anything beyond the scope of her job, which again is definitely annoying the way she does it with so many ticky tacky emails, but again I kind of just get why she would do it. Although it's very satisfying to be able to turn it around on her and call out all the things that she herself missed. This next story is Traffic Cones of Doom. At a previous rental house, there was an old gravel slash dirt access road that cut between my house and my neighbors, and the two houses behind us that faced the next street over. I think it was a remnant of the old neighborhood, and the city never paved it. It was barely wide enough for a car. No one knew whose property it belonged to. No one really used it, except for spare parking during the holidays. It was also a safe place for our kids or neighbors' kids to play on bikes and such. At some point, a guy in a Tahoe found it and started using it as a shortcut from my street to the next street over, instead of going all the way down the street to the stop sign, which saved him all of 45 seconds. 
Never saw him parked anywhere in my neighborhood. He just came through a few times a week. Wouldn't have been a big deal, but he liked to floor it, kick up gravel, and go as fast as possible right between our houses. My neighbor bought a couple of small traffic cones and placed them halfway up the road, so you'd have to do a slow wiggle to get around them in a vehicle. Couple of days go by and she comes over with her traffic cones, which have been obliterated, and says she saw the same guy run them over. I go out and buy a couple of more cones, maybe 18 inches tall, and an 80 pound bag of concrete. Flipped them over, stopped up the tops of the cones with duct tape, and filled them to the brim with concrete. Once they dried, I put the two 40 pound cones in the same place as my neighbor had hers, and let the neighbor know what was up. Unfortunately, I missed it, but my neighbor didn't. Tahoe boy did his usual gravel spin out and absolutely nailed one of my cones. The orange plastic was burst open and the concrete was in three big chunks. She heard the impact and saw him get out, check his vehicle and drive away. I never saw him again after that, but I like to think I left a reminder on his vehicle to not dukes of hazard a tiny access road in between houses. Honestly, I think for everybody involved here, it's probably fortunate that they got in that car and never showed back up again, because I'm sure if this proceeded to some kind of legal case, you know, small claims court, I'm not sure the cement traffic cones are necessarily a legal thing to have there. Our next story is, I left a landlord and property management company with a loss because they tried to nickel and dime me. I know the title is bad, but hear me out. This happened a while ago after I relocated to a new city. I signed a new one-year lease for a townhouse in the downtown core and really enjoyed where I lived. The townhouse was okay, but a little less nice than I anticipated during my showing. Caveat mTOR, I suppose. The only other relevant background is the lease said the security deposit would be used for the last month's rent and would not be held as a damaged deposit. The year passed with very few problems. The water heater went out in the dead of winter, but... I stayed in a hotel for three nights and offset that cost against the rent after verbally agreeing with the landlord to do so. At the end of the year, the landlord asked if I wanted to renew. I said yes. I was presented with a one-year extension for the same rent. I signed it and sent it back. I waited about two weeks and hadn't received the landlord-signed version back, so I inquired with the management company. They said the landlord was mad because they didn't get rent on the first of the month most of the time. I asked what they were talking about because I always paid on or ahead of time. And they said that while I paid the management company on time, as required by the lease, the management company hadn't gotten it into the landlord's hands on time. I said that wasn't my problem per the lease. But the management company requested $100 or more per month on the extension to make up for the inconvenience. They said they would send me a new lease reflecting the $100 increase which they did. I immediately went out and found a condo in a similarly ideal location which was much nicer that rented for $75 a month less than my existing rent. I went through the background check with them and they sent me a lease to sign. Before signing the new lease, I sent a certified letter to the landlord and the management company of the old location saying my previous signature on the new lease, which had not yet been countersigned was revoked and ineffective because of their counteroffer and no longer capable of acceptance. I then signed the new lease. At that point, I had about 10 days left on my existing lease. The management company and landlord called me freaking out because they wouldn't be able to find a new tenant in time and would lose revenue. 
I said, not my problem, hired a moving company, cleaned up the old place, and returned it to them in the same condition I received it. Yeah, these people are definitely out of their minds. They're upset with basically their payment processing, so they're going to try to upcharge $100 because it makes them feel a little better. Anybody in that situation knows that's the time to get out because, God forbid, something else minorly inconveniences them. Our next story is... What's your name again? Many moons ago, I worked at a now defunct convenience store and gas station in the Midwest. I was initially a bit reticent to take a job at a convenience store because it was just the sort of place that you always hear about getting robbed. However, it was new, brightly lit, clean, and on a very busy road. Also, I needed a second job pronto because university is expensive and girls gotta eat. Ramen and peanut butter only go so far. After I started working there, I quickly realized that my worries about being robbed were probably unfounded, as my store was somehow the meeting point for all of the police. The local city cops, the county sheriff, and even detectives all wandered into my store multiple times a day. They would stand around and chat with the staff or just stop in for a snack or drink on the way to work. This comes into play later. So, while I didn't have to worry about robbers, and I actually kind of enjoyed the job, there was one major annoyance. I got along well with all of the employees, but one. His name was Branson. Branson was in his early 20s, fairly well-spoken and intelligent, but wouldn't you know it, he just knew everything. Since he knew everything, it was obvious that the Lord Almighty had put him on this earth to tell everyone else about... everything. No matter what you were talking about. He knew more and better than you, even on matters involving your own history. You wouldn't think that was possible, but by God, he had an opinion about the cafeteria in the hospital my mother worked in when I was a child. Not a joke, he really did. While he wasn't the first know-it-all I'd met, he had an even more annoying personality trait. Branson was a tattletale. You didn't stock the coolers before he got there? Tattle. Didn't clean the bathrooms before he came in? Tattle didn't make more coffee. Tattle. No matter how minor or downright wrong he was, he just had to run and tell management. As such, they were just as annoyed by him as the lowly cashiers. Once, he almost got me fired by telling the managers that I allowed one of my friends to steal from the store. Luckily, we were absolutely lousy with cameras. So, after a few minutes of desperately pleading for the manager to check the CCTV footage, they discovered that Branson was, in fact, full of it, if not lying for his own amusement. When it was proved he was wrong, did he apologize? Of course not. He was never wrong in all of his live-long days because he, of course, knew everything. I was, as they say, not remotely fond of Branson. One day, the store was filled with law enforcement as per usual, two sheriffs and four or five local city cops, it was at shift changeover, and me and my coworker were ready to hand off our shift to Branson. There were no other customers, so we were all standing around talking and just enjoying the banter. It just so happened that the sheriff's supervisor was there. His name was Bucky. Bucky was a good old boy, salt of the earth, and one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. He'd give you the shirt off his back if he thought you looked a bit chilly. Now, while I was chatting with some of the other boys in blue, Bucky was talking to Branson. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I wasn't entirely listening to their conversation until it started to go a bit pear-shaped. Bucky was talking about something, and Branson, in his usual way, just had to start arguing with him that he was wrong because Branson just knew that it was X instead of Y. Then he took it a step further and suggested that as a lawman, Bucky didn't have the schooling that Branson did, and it was only natural that Branson would know more about the subject. Bucky just smiled and, rather than argue, he removed himself from the conversation and walked around the counter to the other side. He caught my eye and motioned me over. He then asked me what Branson's last name was and, not seeing any reason not to, I told him. He thanked me and drifted off into the store. I honestly didn't think anything more about it and went back to my conversation with the others. After a few minutes, Bucky walked up with a vaguely puzzled look on his face and asked Branson, Hey buddy, what was your name again? Branson, sounding a little annoyed and as if he were schooling a child, answered him. Again, Bucky walked back off into the store. When Bucky returned, he had a big old grin on his face. He motioned Branson to come to him from behind the counter and said, Your name was Branson last name, right? Branson confirmed it was, and Bucky's grin widened further as he reached for the handcuffs on his belt. I'm so happy to hear that because there's a warrant out for your arrest, and I'm going to have to take you in. I'm going to need you to turn around for me and put your hands behind your back. At that... All of the conversation died entirely. I exchanged a well-earned, shocked Pikachu face with my coworker. The shocked expressions on our faces melted away into absolute delight as our most annoying coworker was handcuffed and taken out of the store. I never did see Branson again, but Bucky was back later that evening and apologized to me for making me stay late. I told him I didn't mind and it was all worth it for the show. I'd have done it all over again just to see an idiot sabotage himself. Life tip, if you've got a warrant out for your arrest, probably best if you don't annoy a cop, you might just take out his own petty revenge. This just makes me wonder if the police have a right to like go and check. Like is there nothing wrong with the police if somebody annoys them to like get their name and just run it in the system real quick just to check to see if they could arrest the guy? To me it seems a little predatory but I don't know if there would be any verbiage saying that they can't do it. Apparently it was for a bench warrant though, so they probably just didn't pay a parking ticket or something. This next story is, 
You get a tiki torch. You get a tiki torch. You all get tiki torches. This happened a couple of years ago. I rent an apartment in a duplex. The lease says no smoking inside, which isn't a problem for me. But smoking outside does lead to two problems. One being the mosquitoes, the other being my neighbor. Let's just call her Karen. When I first moved in, Karen came right up to me as I was moving boxes and followed me around to ask me questions and lay down the rules of the neighborhood as if she's the homeowners association. She told me that fire pits and bonfires, this will come into play later, aren't allowed because the street has had a gas leak before. It's actually a city ordinance that nobody really listens to. Anyways, at first I thought the questions were just a friendly neighbor getting to know me, but it quickly felt like an interrogation. Where are you coming from? Where do you work? Wife? Kids? Family in the area? It was just one question after the other. Then she started telling me about everyone in the neighborhood too. That was enough for me to not like her. If she's telling me, basically a stranger, all the details she can think of, of everyone around us, then nothing I tell her would ever be private. Anyways, I just kept my head down and kept conversations kind of limited whenever I saw her. I was mean or cold to her, but definitely not as friendly as I could have been. But a few months go by, and summer starts to pick up, as do the mosquitoes in my area. At first, I tried sprays, but they don't work great at repelling. Then I tried citronella candles, but because I would blow them out when I was done smoking, the wax wouldn't melt evenly and I would waste a lot, so I landed on tiki torches. I bought a glass tabletop tiki torch, set it up on the brick patio near my bench, and it worked great for an hour or so. So I'm sitting on my bench when I hear fire truck sirens. I live near a fire station, so that's not unusual, until they turn down my street. I'm watching as they pull up to my house. It's a narrow street, so my first thought was that my car and my neighbor across the street were parked in a way, blocking them from going down the street. So I run inside to grab my keys and dash to my car. But right as I'm at the sidewalk, half a dozen firefighters rush by me to my front yard, to the tiki torch. I have no clue what's going on, and with sirens going, I can't hear them. One of them leans up close to me and yells in my ear, What is that? A tiki torch, I reply, still confused. What are you burning? It's a tiki torch, I replied, exasperated and confused. A few of them go back and turn off the siren and tell me one of my neighbors must hate me. They were called for an out-of-control fire pit. What they saw was a tiki torch with no flammable material around it being watched by an adult. They said it's fine to have a tiki torch, and they went on their way. Now imagine my surprise when the very next day, I'm on my porch, tiki torch going, and I hear sirens again. I think they can't be me. But lo and behold, they turned down my street. I calmly cap the torch and wait for them, and now they were mad. They didn't know who called because they were dispatched by 911, but they told me if it happens again, they were going to file misuse of emergency service charges against whoever. Now I'm annoyed too. I'm not in the wrong. This one neighbor doesn't like me because I don't like her. Literally all my neighbors who have met me wave to me. We move each other's packages to a more hidden place on porches help shovel driveways, I'm invited to multiple barbecues every summer, and we still manage to stay out of each other's business. Not her. So my petty revenge plan came almost immediately. I went back to the grocery store I bought the tiki torch a few days earlier and cleaned them out. I bought eight and tons of citronella oil. 
I think the stockpile of citronella I have is more of a fire hazard than an actual fire pit. But yeah, I handed them out to all the neighbors in view of Karen and explained why I'm giving it and if they ever need fluid, to just text me. They all thought it was hilarious. So within the coming months, my neighbors had the tiki torches proudly displayed on their porches whenever they had company over. They raised torches and cheersed me from across the street with a grin. Maybe not as serious as others here, but it always gives me a smile. The stupidity and sheer blind confidence of her to call 911 twice here on a tiki torch is incredibly impressive because it's almost sure fire going to get you in hot water with the officials. Definitely kudos to OP for keeping calm and just sticking in their lane all throughout the whole exchange. Our next story is accused of stealing food. Yesterday, I was alone in the house and I decided to order myself a snack. I decided to order from a certain restaurant because I had discount coupon codes. The restaurant said the minimum order should be $7 and I made my order $7. Then I decided to use a discount code, which put my order below $7. I pressed credit card scan, driver will bring a credit card swipe machine, as my payment as I only had $4 in my wallet. Most of my money is online. I was notified my order will come in 30 minutes. 20 minutes later, I got a call from the delivery manager saying my order is below minimum. I told the manager that I applied the discount code and the order without the discount is over $7, but the driver said it has to be $7, even with discount. I decided to just take out the discount, just deal with it. Then the delivery manager asked, change for how much? I sternly told the delivery manager I chose credit card scan as I had $4 in my wallet. He said, but we have none at the moment. And I told him I should have been reminded. I decided to give him a warning. He should cancel my order or provide a credit card swipe in my delivery. He said okay, and then ended the call and I waited. When the driver came, he had no credit card swipe machine. I was so pissed and mad. The delivery manager lied to me. I decided to do something. My country has an e-wallet app where you can send money just by knowing the person's number as long as they're members of the app. Since the delivery manager called me, I have his number. Using the delivery manager's number, I checked the e-wallet app if he's a member. He is. And I decided to send the payment online to his e-wallet. I did, told the driver about it and got my order. I finally enjoyed it. 30 minutes later, the delivery manager called and he was angry. He told me my payment is not a valid one and I should have given the driver cash. I told the delivery manager, you lied to me and you should deal with the consequences. He threatened to report me for stealing the food, but I just paid him in the most inconvenient way possible. I just told him, go ahead because I have proof that you lied to me and made so many difficulties in my order. Now, I'm not the one to like enjoy going and Karen review bombing people, but this is 100% an experience where you create accounts that don't have your actual name attached to it, and you go and you review bomb them every single place you can find them because they deserve to have this experience shared around. Also, I dealt with similar stuff. There was a time when I was ordering a bunch from this one place and I had about $45 worth of stuff in the cart and there was a reward where if you order $25 you get an extra item for free. So I added that reward and I had the 50% discount. So after applying the discount, the whole order would just error out when you try to order it. 
It wouldn't even tell you what messed up. I had to deduce that because the order total was like 24 something, the whole order would just glitch out an error when you try to press confirm. Our next story is sociopathic roommate? Meet your biggest misidentification of a victim. Way back in college, I had a friend out in Colorado whose roommate was moving out and who needed to rent the other room out for the summer. I wanted to get out of state for the summer, so win. Called ahead to a chain restaurant I'd worked at before in my own state, got a job from the recommendation from my previous manager, made sure my car was in good shape, and took out an $800 loan for emergency cash just in case. About $1,600 nowadays. Drove out there to discover that my friend, now called Jerk, was leaving for a two-week vacation the next day, and I'd be alone in the apartment with his current roommate, a guy I barely knew. I figured it was a combination of him knowing the room he was trustworthy and just forgetting to mention it because he was busy planning the vacation and taking finals, etc. The roomie and I were fine together. Really nice guy. Really sweet fiancé. We had no problems at all. But I went to pay my share of the rent for the month. Rumi had paid his quarter, I was paying my half, and Jerk hadn't paid his section before leaving and was behind from the previous month. There was a really good shot we'd be evicted before he got back to pay it. Once again, I figured that since he'd left the day after his last class finished, it was just an oversight. I hadn't been warned by the Rumi that this was not accidental but as soon as he found out, he let me know that this was normal for Jerk, and I'd never get the money back. Well, I had car problems. Nothing terrible, but it ate up the remainder of the emergency cash between repair and towing. I picked up a second job and was working something like 70 hours a week, with 5 hours off each night and a couple each afternoon. I was trying very hard to pay bills now that my safety cushion was gone. Jerk came back to no job, as he'd not bothered to tell them he was going to be gone for two weeks instead of starting immediately, and he got replaced. He contacted another person we were both friends with, and she moved out there with us. That helped, but for several weeks I was exhausted. Those two hours each afternoon, Jerk would play his euphonium in the hallway outside the bedrooms. Weeks go on, I'm exhausted, he's spending money right and left, took his boyfriend to Denver for the opening of Independence Day and stayed overnight in a nice hotel, dropped a load of money at Renfest, went to Estes Park, you name it, and hadn't repaid a cent of the $400 plus. He's also borrowed $500 from another mutual friend that I knew couldn't afford it. I saw the check out on the cabinet and sucked to the money from the newest roomie. She had decided that Jerk could do no wrong and I was ridiculous so I just let her learn the hard way. Last day I'm there, I haven't talked to either of them for a few weeks. Not hard when I'm almost never home except to sleep. They don't know which day I'm leaving. Sold all the little things I'd bought up for the room. Inflatable mattress, cheap thrift store table and lamp, fan, etc. To a co-worker, packed up, and was ready to go early the next morning with the last of my rent and bills to pay. Wait, all of those bills are in his name. We have no written contract either. They're due the first of the next month, which is tomorrow. I took the amount I owed in bills, subtracted what he owed me, left him $4.86 and a note that now he owes people who can collect. I am the only person who ever got their money back from him. I don't know how he came up with the equivalent of a thousand or more current dollars in 24 hours, but I bet it was interesting. 
Wish I'd have been there to see his face when he found that little pile of cash instead of a big check or a wad of money. Yeah, they say you never really know whether or not your friendship truly can last until you actually spend some time living with them. I've always heard it said that you could be complete and utter ride-or-die friends with somebody, but if you spend a month with them in an apartment, that might very well just be ruined. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.